Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 37 of Buds and Blue Jays. I'm your host, Jesse Burrell, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Riley McConnell. And Riley, the Jays, we needed a big series win here. It was tough. We had lost three series in a row. We really needed a statement series against the Red Sox, and we didn't get the sweep. We came awfully close, but we took two out of three against a very good Red Sox team, and honestly, the wins felt pretty good. The loss last night kind of sucked. I don't know. What are your thoughts after the series? The series felt great, man. I mean... Let's be honest. We had our three best starters take to Hill. Mm-hmm. Everyone got a quality start. Our mm-hmm. bats were going. And you know what? There's no overtime losses in baseball. That That's kind of how I look at it. We don't get a point for it. Um, I'm not a big fan of the, um, you know, the ghost runner, whatever you want to call it. I never was. I know it's the same advantage both ways. Man, I still feel good about it. Take a two out of three against, let's, you know, a good Red Sox team that's been, pl- been playing good baseball as of late. I'm good with it, dude. Yeah, honestly. And after our first two wins are very dramatic and emphatic wins too. You know, I decided to make the trip up the four one last night to go support the boys. I had to pick up my Alec Manoa design t-shirt, which I don't know if you can see, but you can kind of see it right there. I think it looks pretty swell. We got one. So I was pumped to get that. And let me tell you, the blue Jays fans here were in mid season form. Because in the fourth inning, after Alejandro Kirk got hit by that pitch and the benches cleared and the guys on the dugout ran out, um, the players were getting chippy. Us fans were getting chippy. We actually broke into an F the Red Sox chant, which uh, the security guards and the ushers didn't like too much in our section. But we had a, uh, a wild time. They were kicking people out left and right. So going from um, opening day when we saw that girl punch the police officer to what happens in this game, like us Jays fans, we're ready to go. And the players are into it as well, just like we are. Hey, man, we all know going to a baseball game, the action is on the field, but the mm. action, if, if it's not on the field, it's in the 500 section. Oh, man. yeah. So it can be an absolute chaotic. It can be a chaotic zoo. So I'm totally not surprised at that. Um, you know, I know for a fact that, you know, if it weren't for the 500 said alcohol sales <laughs> would be way down at, uh, at Blue Jays games. 100%. That's where all the fun people hang out. They're in the flight deck, yeah. honestly. Um, well, that's right, Jesse. Yeah. Coming off three straight series losses, our Blue Jays, like we said, needed a big win. And did we ever get it? Taking two out of three. And uh, we got the job done. Game one, we got the FU game from Kevin Gosman. Jays won this game seven to two. We had home runs from Matt Chapman and George Springer. Game two was a wild one. Jays made a comeback and they won that game six to five in the bottom of the ninth. Got off to a good start. Thanks to a Matt Chapman double. Ross Stripling gave us five good innings. Bullpen gave it up late. But Vladdy and Bo Bichette, uh, and Alejandro Kirk with a pinch hit single really helped make that run happen in the bottom of the ninth game three. The one that happened yesterday, Jays lost that one six to five in 10 innings benches cleared early after Alejandro Kirk hit by pitch. Red Sox had answers for every single Jays run that we would score. David Phelps had some real trouble in the 10th and our comeback effort fell just one run short. So after the series, Riley, the Jays stand at 42 and 33, 13 and a half games back of the Yankees. And we're in the second wild card spot, half a game behind the Red Sox and one and a half up on the Rays. So lots to talk about on this series, Riley. Do you want to take the first one or should I? Well, I'll set it up for you, man. Okay. I'll set this one up. I will say, I will say last time you called this, that, that FU game, and you said seven or eight innings of double-digit strikeout ball. We had it, man. That was the FU game. Jesse, so I spoiler alert, 
Who's the first thumbs up, man? It's you, Mr. Kevin Gosman. We sure needed that. This is what your high-priced free agent is supposed to do. He's supposed to come in when your team is on a slide, take the team on his back and carry it and say, hey, I got you. You know, I predicted eight innings, 13 strikeouts. He only gave us seven shutout with 10 strikeouts. I guess that will work just fine from Kevin Gosman. Game score of 79, according to Fangrass, which is his best start of the year at a time we absolutely needed it. Season high, 110 pitches. That's ace-like stuff from Kevin Gosman. And we're going to need to see more of that going forward. Great to see. This was a recovery start for him. This is going to be a streak and a string of starts that's going to start the ball rolling Mm -hmm. for the rest of the year. This is where we get our eight. This is where we get our ace, Kevin Gosman. He's about to make the bucks. He's had his, he's had his, you know, bad starts. I think this is a sign of things to come in. Yeah. Fault from the pitching mound to the batter's box. Riley, where are you going for your first? Well, to the batter's box, let's talk about a guy who is in the batter's box, but I don't know if he knows what a strike zone is in this series. (laughs) That's my guy, Matt Chapman. Uh, Who didn't actually watch this game. Matt Chapman had had two big hits in games one and two. I would say very key in both those wins mm-hmm. had a home run and a double and both the pitches where I would say, you know, probably right here on his, on his shoulders, yep. which are hard balls to get around to. And I've seen, him, you know, take his walks and even, you know, swing and miss at bat at pitches low, but seems to be hot at hitting those pitches high, which is good to see, man. And if he could turn on those and hit them, that's awesome. Get definitely gets a thumbs up, man. I think he drove in, he drove in four runs in the series, big part of both those wins in games one and two. Yeah. Early in the year, pitchers were trying to throw up and in on Matt Chapman to try to get him to swing through it. And it seems like he's just made the adjustment. He's crushing those pitches now. So until pitchers make the adjustments back, I'm looking forward to seeing Matt Chapman drive those pitches and get them through. I will also say Matt Chapman, hit two more deep fly balls that both got caught at the warning track. So Mr. Warning track is still here, still doing his things, but it's coming big second half for Matt Chapman. I believe it to my soul. Another guy who I think is going to have a big second half and a guy who's been quite well for us so far this season is Mr. George Springer. He's been our leader, man. He's been pretty much exactly what we've wanted him to do so far. And he was good again in this series coming back from his injury that had him kind of struggle a little bit during that road trip. He's back. He had a, had a hit and a walk in every single game this series, including two home runs, and he was making some great plays in the outfield too. He's now up to 15 home runs on the season. He's doing exactly what we need, and he's giving Lubs this like leadership qualities. He was the one holding Vladdy back when he tried to fight Nick Pavetta when he was coming out on the mound. So great stuff from George Springer. Again, I don't know where this team would be without him. Thank God he's healthy, knock on wood, and he's uh, playing still. And yeah, thumbs up for me. Definitely, dude. We know what our team doesn't do with Springer. And that's, you know, we saw the staff from 2020 or whenever it was, we need Springer in order to win ball games. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, taking on that leadership role. I mean, he's a veteran dude. You just expect things like that. Yeah. Vladdy was heated. I mean, that's the right move for Springer. Let's not get Vlad kicked out of this ball game. Let's keep him in the ball game. That's a good, smart move by George Springer. Uh, a walk and a hit. It seems almost time. Every time he comes up to the plate, Mm-hmm. everything you want from him in the league and amazing, amazing defense too, man. Great catches. Yeah. There. That's been the big thing too. And I want to give another mini thumbs up here to rhyme Tapia. I know he's not getting an official one, but we bash this guy a lot. And um, every single lineup, the Jays put together that don't have both Gabby Moreno and Alejandro Kirk in it. It either means Kevin Biggio or rhyme Tapia is going to be in the lineup. And Ta- Tapia has kind of held his own here. He had um a streak where he had hits in 11 out of 12 games, and he's made some really nice catches in this series. He had a clutch game-tying double in the eighth in game three. So 
Tapia's, hey, he's filling in now as a role player on his team. And hey, you know what? I got to give him credit for that. I don't hate seeing him every, you know, four or five days. He's a good depth piece so far. We just want him to play like he did in this Red Sox series. I mean, we see a lot of offers. I mean, he's got plus speed. His defense is, I, I say, above average for the most part. Mm-hmm. Like, he's he'll, he's a good tool for us. But as far as his plate appearances go, it's nice to see the extra base power. Mm-hmm. And, you know, what? What I, there's not much you could say about Rymel Tapia. I mean, it's nice when your platoon players can get hits for you and get big hits for you. It really helps this team win games like we almost did in that last game there. Uh, From the positives to the negatives, Riley, and uh, this bullpen sure really needs some help, eh? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, we struggled mightily in this one. I'm going to give our first one to David Phelps, and sheesh, let me tell you, that was tough to watch. Phelps has actually been pretty good for the year. He's been one of our high leverage guys and has been really good mostly, but this one was a tough one. Came into the top of the 10th with the zombie runner on and could not get an out. He went walk, walk, and then had J.D. Martinez 0-2 and then hit him by a pitch, and then uh, the run scored, and the Jays fell behind. Uh, And it didn't look good either when I was at the game. He was wandering back and forth on the pitcher's mound a lot. He went to the rosin bag after every second pitch, it seemed like. So I don't know if he was having a grip issue with the balls we've heard him complain about, or maybe he's battling an injury, or just maybe it's something in the wrong headspace. I don't know. But David Phelps did not look, even from the beginning, like he was ready to go in this game today. And uh, it cost us the game in this one. So tough to see from David Phelps. David Phelps, like he's definitely not a high leverage guy. We know that. Um, I mean, had we not used a few of our arms in games one and two, I feel like we would have had a different guy come in for the 10th inning. That's baseball, man. It was, uh, I don't know if it was the wrong call. I don't think Phelps was up to it anyways. Like he just, his, he either wasn't in the game or something was off. We know that. I mean, body language says a lot. And when you're, when you're the only one holding the ball on the pitcher's mound and, and the whole game is centered around you, it, it, it really puts uh, the spotlight on you. And he, he definitely sh- died away from the spotlight in fact he was there was no spotlight at all it was a pretty dark room yeah i i will say this really feels like we are really missing jimmy garcia quite a bit now who's on the 15 day il and yeah he's had his blow up spots too but he's also been pretty good for most of the season and this would have been the spot you probably would have seen jimmy garcia in the game and because of that in game two not having garcia we had to rely on trent thornton in late late uh, with the lead in the seventh inning and trent thornton couldn't do it either he um, he came in to pitch the seventh after Ross Stripling was pulled after five and only 80 pitches. Adam Simber worked a clean six and Trent Thornton came in in high leverage. And yeah, it did not work. Only got two outs, gave up a walk. He gave up a home run. Luckily, the Jays were able to make a comeback in this game. So the sting by Trent Thornton doesn't work too bad. But again, it just goes to show if Trent Thornton is pitching for you in high leverage, like something is wrong, right? That can't be happening. We definitely need help. In the back end of our bullpen, there is no question about that, Jesse. I mean, it's 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 something, dude. Even in the past, I mean, we're going back to the BJ Ryan days, Jeremy yep. Accardo. Um, like we had, we've had a shaky bullpen forever, man. It's just yeah. been that way. That's Blue Jay baseball, I guess. It's, it's just <laughs> if anyway, if anyone's gonna lose this game, it's not gonna be the starter. It'll be the bullpen that'll blow it. Yeah, I've um, I saw something on Twitter uh, since Ross Atkins has taken over as GM. The Blue Jays have only given out two contracts to relievers worth more than one year. One of them was for Jimmy Garcia this past offseason and got a two year deal. Can you name the other reliever the Blue Jays that gave a multi year a contract to since Ross Atkins took over? And it's not Jordan Romano. No, because he's still in arbitration. It's going to be a tough one. 
Holy cow. Give me a second. It wouldn't be Simber. It right. would probably be someone that's not even there, right? Yeah. Okay. It's Shun Yamaguchi, who we gave a two-year contract to out of Japan, who uh, we saw how that worked, and that didn't work out well either. So those are the only relievers the Blue Jays assigned to multi-year deals. So no wonder the Blue Jays bullpen has been struggling. You try to get all these flyers on one-year guys, and some of them have hit, some of them haven't. Most of them haven't. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, Riley, I've got a ton of news and notes to get into here. But before we go, what pumped you up more in this series? Was it Kevin Gosman after his seventh inning, after he's leaving, after seven shutout, and he's screaming, let's have and go, like, let's get out of here? Or was it Vladdy after his walk-up single, pounding his chest, covered in the Gatorade, screaming, this is our house, after we got the walk-off win? Which one of those two moments hyped you up more? You know, it's got to be the Vlad. It's got to be the Vladdy one, man. Mm. I mean, I mean... Vladdy needed that. Gosman needed that too. But I feel like Vladdy needed that more, dude. I mean, as much as as much as a great pitcher as Gosman is, that's our franchise player right there. Yeah. And for him to get pumped up saying this is our house, that's his ballpark, man. I mean, they call the old Yankee Stadium the house that Ruth built. If they made a new Jays ballpark, it'd be the house house that Vlad Jr. built, right? Love so him that, saying yeah. that, it's awesome. It gets you pumped up, man. Like you love to see young guys get involved in the game like that. Actually. Take that back. The young guys in baseball right now are more into the, into the game. It's amazing. They sell the game so well. Vlad is one of those guys. He is mm -hmm. just a high energy guy, a cool guy. And obviously he loves what he does, man. He's the, he's a hell of a ball player. All right. Like one of the best in the league. Well, while we're on the topic of Vladimir Guerrero Jr., let's talk about this. He was asked by reporters if he was going to compete in the home run derby again this year, something he's uh, won in the past and has done quite well. Uh, Vladdy said no, citing that he had a wrist injury for a good part of the year and doesn't want to make it worse, which a wrist injury seems pretty bad. And uh, I could kind of explain why he's been hitting ball on the ground so much and why he hasn't had exactly the same power output that he's had in years past. I've also noticed Vladdy has been being a designated hitter quite a bit this year, especially more than a 23-year-old first baseman should. So like Bo Bichette's playing out there every day at a more demanding position, a shortstop. And so I do think Vladdy is really dealing with some type of injury here. And yeah, it's not serious enough to take him out of the lineup and stuff all the time. But if he's got a DH quite a bit, I don't know. It seems like it's something. Riley, on a scale of one to 10, how concerned are you about Vladdy's wrist injury? Here? Three. Because yeah. he doesn't play, he doesn't he doesn't play a huge role defensively. I don't think first base is a role that you know a lot of guys can play it. Whether it be your throwing or your catching arm, if it's on his throwing arm, that means it's his top hand on his bat. Mm -hmm. I assume that's it's, and that might be turning over, you know, lazy top hand, whatever. I mean, there's a lot of things. Vlad's mechanics; he's a very strong and powerful swing. So yes, to, if he's if he's to knock a something at a place there. I wouldn't be surprised me because he hits with such force, but he does play one of the, if not the least physically demanding positions of nine. So, you know, I'm not too concerned, right? I mean, it's not going to be aggravated defensively unless, you know, something really goes wrong. And I sure as heck don't, uh, don't want him to, you know, screw it up while he's at the plate. I mean, if it's something that he needs to be taken out of the lineup, hopefully it's very, very, very short term, like a good night's sleep will fix it because this team can't afford to take him out, man. But my concern as of right now, when you ask me that is still a three. Okay. He did say, and I quote, the wrist is something I'm probably going to have to deal with for the, or something I'm going to have to manage with for the rest of my career. So that seems scary. I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's nothing. Maybe it's everything. Who knows? But I'm well, with you. I mean, um, Jim, Jim Johnson, I think it was his name. He pitched for the Tigers. He had an insulin pump. Jim Abbott pitched with one freaking hand, <laughs> one arm. 
like if they can do that as a pitcher, Vladdy can get through with a wrist as a first baseman. Are you kidding me? All right. Love it. All right. Let's go. I'm kind of with you too. Not much of a concern yet, but yeah. maybe something to watch yeah. for going forward. So Riley, at the end of our episode on Sunday, you were pleading, you know what? You wanted to wake up the next morning. You wanted to see the Blue Jays make some moves because the Jays had to do something. And Riley, they listened to you. The Jays did something. You know what that something was? Yeah, we t- we traveled back in time and went to 2013, Jesse. <laughs> and we signed 39-year-old right-handed pitcher Sergio Romo to a one-year deal. And, man, Romo has not been good this year. He's only pitched 14 innings. He's given up six home runs in those 30 innings. He's 39 years old, and he, he throws 85 miles per hour. So I have some theories of what the Jays are going to try to do with Romo, but I'll let you take the first word here. What, what do you think are we getting to Sergio Romo? Well, I love it. When, when, what's, when you think of Robo, I think of that celebration where he's pounding his chest and going like this after the yeah. Giants won the World Series. That's prime Sergio Romo, and that's for a good Giants team that won a lot of postseason baseball games. Mm-hmm. Jays, Jays fans, just to enlighten you, that's not the same guy that we're getting Correct, for yes. this ball club. I had no idea he threw as slow as 85. <laughs> I feel like that's a meatball. Jesse could hit that about 410 feet. I could hit it about 380. Yes, and, and yeah, I, I mean, a mop up role, perhaps like just an arm to have, like, let's just someone to have extra in the pen. So the Jays needed to acquire more swing and miss. We've talked about it. We have Trent Thornton pitching high leverage for goodness sake. Um, Sergio Romo's not going to be that guy. But the Blue Jays have had a lot of success with Adam Simber and Sergio Romo's repertoire as of now is kind of similar to what Adam Simber has been doing. So I'm curious, maybe they're going to try to uh, tweak with Sergio Romo's mechanics a little bit, maybe move him to the third base side of the rubber. And Adam Simber has really had success throwing that slider from his low arm slot up in the zone. So I'm curious if maybe Pete Walker here is going to look and try to do something similar with Sergio Romo and kind of turn him into that little sidearm weapon and something kind of like Adam Simber. I don't know. It's something I'm interested in. I want to see. I think it's not an accident. Sergio Romo didn't pitch in either of the two games he was eligible to pitch for, and he'll probably see him in this next series against the Rays. But that's what I'm going to try to watch. If you can find footage of his time in this season in Seattle and his time here now, I bet you the Blue Jays are doing some work with Romo to try to get something out of him here. If we can, if we can tinker with 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 Sergio Romo Jesse and kind of kind of tool him to what maybe Pete Walker thinks he should be, and we can get you know innings at him, that's what we need. He's I don't yeah, know if we really. call him an innings eater at this point, but some someone who's going to save some arms for another day is kind of what I love him as, and that's fine. If he come and if he comes here, it is something at age. 39 that is that will be miraculous for what i see this guy being though is definitely going to eat some innings for us it takes some take some weight off uh, the other guy's shoulders like simber like garcia when he's healthy you know and that's that's a good thing i think absolute worst case scenario for sergio romo too is he kind of is what brad hands last year the jays give him a run for two weeks he's terrible he's dfa'd maybe he costs us a game or two but that's probably as bad as it's going to be so it's worth a chance right to see if he can turn into something I think he'll be better than Brad Hand. That's yeah. just my 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 guess on how this experiment goes is he is better than Brad Hand. As to how how much better, you'll have to wait and see. I guess so. Well, a little more news and notes here. In game two of the series, the Jays, as we talked about, we were down by one in the ninth and made a comeback win. And we talked about last episode how the Jays were 0 for 35 when they were down by one in the ninth. Alejandro Kirk just said, screw it. I'm breaking that streak. And as soon as he got the hit, Jays were on. Comeback was on. Everything was great. 
Loved that. Uh, Sergio Romo, too, was the first man out of the bullpen when um, the bullpens rushed onto the field after Kirk got hit by a pitch. So Sergio Romo is already here. He's like, he's probably pulling like brass knuckles out of that beard of his or something. He's ready to fight someone. So he's already making a good uh, imprint on his team. So he seems like a good dude, just a chill guy and something to root forward to as well. Going back to Sergio Romo there. Um, Buck Martinez has officially done his cancer treatment. And now it seems like he's just going to need a few weeks of rest and he should be back shortly after the all-star break. And Riley, let me tell you, I'm so excited to hear that very first get up ball and gone because it's going to hit different this year, hearing it from Buck Martinez. And I can't wait for that. As for our news and notes, Jesse, that is awfully wonderful to hear. I haven't mm-hmm. read, it on, read it on Twitter and I'm kind of cheesed that you waited this long to tell me in the episode. <laughs> that makes me feel really good. I've been rooting for Buck this entire time, man. I love the guy. He's an exceptional, exceptional man and probably one of the biggest, if not the biggest Blue Jays family member outside of the team itself, mm-hmm. the players and managers, coaches, whatever. That's that's awesome, man. I mean, Buck, but I assume you're listening to this. If you're a Jays fan, you know who Buck Martinez is. He's iconic as far as I'm concerned. I can't wait till he gets back, man. And I hope he returns so healthy and so strong. Me too. Uh, Hitting coach Guillermo Martinez has officially served his five-game suspension, and he is back on the bench with the team. In order to make room for Sergio Romo, Sean Anderson is back to Buffalo, and Tyler Tyler Saucedo has been transferred to the 60-day I.L., uh, Nate Pearson is being shut down for three to four weeks before he begins throwing again. And let me tell you, that's before he's even going to start playing catch. So you got to assume what another two to three weeks to get a rehab assignment in and get a bunch more. I'm just saying it's, it's another lost season for Nate Pearson. And that kind of sucks. Uh, Trevor Richards threw a live bullpen session of 21 pitches. Danny Jansen is likely going to need a rehab assignment before joining the team, but that date is still to be determined. And Jimmy Garcia is still shut down. Hasn't started throwing yet. He will be reevaluated next week. So Riley, any major takeaways there? If you're still here. All right. Well, my big takeaway there is Nate Pearson. I am uh, still here, Jesse. Sorry. Take it away. Yeah. Nate Pearson, man. I think, I think his, I think for a lot of things right now, it's a lot of sticks out at me. Pearson is, it might be close to, if this happens again, it might almost be the end of his career uh, as far as what we think it could be. I mean, he'll, he could still pitch. Don't Mm -hmm. get me wrong, but I mean, he's just aging with every year that goes by. And if this is a wasted year, like next year, he's got to come back and basically turn into like a rotation arm right away or he's not going to have any contract leverage or, or anything like that later down the road. And it kind of sucks, Jesse. I know you're a big fan and the, the sky was a ceiling with him, but I mean, he just, he just couldn't catch a break, man. And he's still, he's still losing out. And that sucks, man. A lot of injuries, man. I really can't wait for Jansen to come back. Let's be honest. I mean, mm-hmm. I think he's third. He's third in DH voting right now, which is hilarious, <laughs> which is hilarious. I they were on there voting. We're just trolling the internet. I mean, which is, which is amazing. And I just can't wait till he gets back. Um, Garcia it would be great to have him back too, man. It's just, <sighs> 162 games. There's going to be injuries, dude. We knew the coming into this year, it was going to be like that. Yep. Still got a few more notes here. Yusei Kikuchi is still scheduled to make his start on Thursday. So tonight against the Tampa Bay Rays, um, Ross Atkins was asked about Yusei Kikuchi and the performance he had put up lately and what his thoughts are on him. And he said, if I can find it here, I just had it somewhere. 
I don't remember exactly what it said, but it was something along the lines of, you know, he's been struggling, but we still believe the work ethic is still there. It was something along the lines of that for Yusei Kikuchi. So a vote of confidence from the general manager on Kikuchi. Let's hope he has a good start here tonight. Uh, it seems like either Thomas Hatch or Maximo Castillo is likely to get a start on Saturday in the doubleheader against the Rays. And the Blue Jays will honor fan favorite and former Blue Jay Russell Martin as he will be throwing up the first pitch on Canada Day this weekend. So that'll make a lot of Jays fans happy. I know you and I really liked Russell Martin, so good for him. I love everything about this series coming up, Jesse. It's a big one. Mm-hmm. And I also I also want to say that I know we'll be wearing our reds. I don't know for both games. The right. doubleheader, the game tomorrow, too. Like, I don't know how that's going to work tomorrow being Canada Day. So in advance, happy Canada Day, everybody. But again, it's just we don't play good in the reds. I don't think it's superstition, but I also think we do better with good pitching on the hill. That jersey behind you, I'm coming over and burning it if it's another <laughs> crappy start. I'll do it. I'll do it, man. We need uh, it. Add, I, I don't know. Let's let, I have Maximo Castillo one hand and Thomas Hatch in the other. You could I'll pretty much put him behind my back and pick a hand, Jesse. To me, it's, it's a game where I hope we score seven or eight runs in. I hope so, man. I'm just, I need Kikuchi to turn it around and be good here so badly. So badly. Oh, I, and I, I hope it happens here. Man, let's go. Um, Nick Frasso, who's a Blue Jays prospect, is moving up in the system. He has a 0.30 ERA and a 43% K rate and seven starts for Dunedin. Um, remember when Dunedin had that 22 strikeouts game? Well, Nick Frasso started that game, had a ton of them. He'll be filling up Ricky Tideman's spot in Vancouver, who has moved up in things as well. So some good pitching prospects in the Jays system there. Uh, and trade season, Riley, is heating up for the Blue Jays. And it seems like now the front office has started to kind of shift their language when they start talking about stuff. A report came out this weekend that the Blue Jays might have interest in Andrew Benintendi. Now, this might be just John Paul Morosi just saying the obvious, which he does that a lot, but it was interesting. We talked about how the Royals do have some interesting bullpen arms that the Jays could try to look for get. And Ross Atkins was asked about the potential of trading one of our three young catchers in Kirk Jansen or Moreno because the Blue Jays have a strength of depth and it's a position we can deal from. And he said, quote, there's not as much interest as you'd think because of the response we give when teams ask. We value all three of our catchers very much, probably a lot more than the general public does. So that either means two things, Riley. That either means the Jays are trying to build even more value to make teams overpay for Gabriel Moreno or for Danny Jansen, or it just sounds like these guys aren't getting moved at all and the Jays are going to run with three. Um... My thought is for the rest of the year, we roll with three catchers and in the off season, one would be potentially moved. I think it's important because Jansen's been hurt a lot and we don't know how the rest of the year is going to go out for him. I, I want to finish this year with the three guys we have and then make moves in the off season. I think moves can be made elsewhere, Jesse, unless we're really strapped for players for a trade or something like that. I, this is, this is something we, this is leverage we have on other teams, man. And and I think I think it's a good thing and we don't get rid of this. I know it, like you could speculate. Everyone has their own opinion on this, man. But I, I said this. Don't trade any catchers. And then Jansen gets hurt. And, you know, until he comes back, we're definitely not moving anybody. Mm-hmm. And I, I sure hope that they don't decide to move Moreno even after that. He's still young. I still want to see what happens, at least for this year. Yeah, I really like what I've seen from Gabriel Moreno. I, I think the hype is real. We haven't seen much power from him yet, but he's done some really good stuff. So I want to see more of it from Gabby Moreno. So Riley, that's, that's the main part. We have to preview the upcoming series against the Rays now. 
But man, how are you feeling? Because I'm going to take a temperature check. After the series against the Brewers, we did not feel very good. We did play well. We took two out of three against the Red Sox. But the Rays are a game and a half behind us. So we're playing, what, five games in 72 hours because of the lockout canceled the first six games of the year. So we had to throw that doubleheader in there. This is a rare five-game series, Riley, that the Blue Jays don't really play. So how are you feeling? You nervous? Excited? Confident? What's the move? I, you could say all three, to be honest with you. I'm, I'm very excited because it's Canada Day yes. and we're playing at home. I love that. Um, I'm confident because we have some of the best hitters in baseball, some of the best young players in baseball. And I'm nervous, man. It's Tampa. It's it's Tampa. It's a team that's that's like right on our heels. Like they might even be stepping on our heels right now. Uh, great American League East team, man. Like I feel a lot of different emotions coming into this, man. It's a it's a must win series for us. Anything short of, you know. Winning this series is a complete failure. It really is five games in a series. There's going to be a lot of ups and downs. We've hosted whole episodes after two game series before. Now after five, man, we're going to have a lot of storylines to go for uh, probable pitchers. Now these might change because the double header can kind of screw things, but here's how it kind of shapes up as of now. Tonight's going to be Yusei Kikuchi against Corey Kluber. Tomorrow will be Jose Barrios against Shane McClanahan, who might win the Cy Young award. So he's been dynamite game three. It's either going to be Kevin Gosman against Drew Rasmussen in game one or game one will be Maximo Castillo or Thomas Hatch, whoever starts that game against Luis Patino. They might switch, but either way, both are going to pitch that day. And then game five is going to be Ross Stripling against Shane Baz. So a lot going on in that series there. What are you looking forward to seeing? I'm really looking forward to seeing fans in the ballpark on Canada Day and fans in the ballpark on a doubleheader. It's going to be a great atmosphere, man. I don't think I'm going to make any of them, which sucks, but I will definitely be viewing. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm looking forward to, to hitting off these these guys and bash the bin. It's going to be tough though. The Rays have probably the best young pitchers in all of MLB. And we need to, we need to exploit something of theirs that gives us the upper hand, man. Tampa is one of the peskiest teams, but Toronto's just, just by force alone, the best power team in the league or one of the best power teams. I'd love to see another good outing Barrios. We need one. And the Jersey behind you needs to perform at best, the best start. We like if Gosman had whatever his rating was the best of the year, we need the same from Kikuchi, like the exact same. And that's what needs to happen. As we said, last episode, it's the biggest week of the year right now for baseball. Uh, being a Blue Jays player, fan, coach, manager, doesn't matter, dude. This is huge. This is a huge series. This can make or break. We went forward to these five. We're laughing. We're cruising. We lose forward to the five or even worse, get swept. We're in trouble. So, yeah, huge week, huge week. Jays better pull this off here. Uh, Riley, that'll do it for episode here today. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. Be sure to like and subscribe the video. I'm sure we're going to have a lot to say after this dramatic series against the Rays. So follow us along with Twitter. We'll be doing updates there. And, uh, yeah, we'll be back with another episode then. Riley, anything else to add before we get out here today? No. We say a couple prayers. We hope that uh, the series goes well, man. Um, if you got nothing to do these next few days, you know, on this beautiful long weekend that's coming up, watch this series or watch a couple games, a couple innings. You're going to catch some really good baseball, man. Um, don't think the players don't know the stakes right now because the stakes are so high in the American League and more importantly, the American League East, man. 
Let's go, Blue Jays. Those are my final thoughts, Jesse. I mean, my heart's actually kind of racing, talking about it, thinking about it, man. <laughs> it's going to be tough. Hey, man, it's going to be tough. I do think we can pull it off, though, but we're going to have to be super sharp there, man. It sure is. I'm nervous, but excited. We'll see. Happy Canada Day, everybody, and thanks for tuning in. Happy Canada Day. Thanks, guys.